This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. So um, we're going to look at digital video productions called tools today, uh, because in this new world of digital education, online education, lots of teachers had to kind of find stuff to make decent video footage of lessons. So we're going to look at equipment, we're going to look at theory, we're going to look at all sorts of good stuff, and it's going to be like film studies a go-go tonight. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about video production. Video production being a new thing that many teachers had to learn at a rapid pace very, very early on at the pandemic and hopefully have seen some of the worth of online lessons, recorded lessons, and so on and so forth. A bit later on, I'm going to give uh, a couple of recommendations of technology that I think might be useful for teachers out there who want to dabble in the creation of video. And when I'm talking about video technology, right, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, TikTok uh, and Instagram and you know, TikTok teachers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I love that stuff. I couldn't do it myself because, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I embarrass myself on a regular basis at the best of times. Uh, but we're talking about kind of lesson creation, video uh, instructional material, you know, doing your lessons online, having a bank of video lessons just in case, that good stuff there. Um, <clears throat> so if you've got any recommendations to give me, um, please hit me up on Twitter at tstarkey1212 and I'll give a shout out to any tools mentioned um, on the stream and of course at TT Radio 2022. Um, also, uh, at the end of the show, I'll put all the um, equipment, tools, apps that I mentioned in uh, the description at the bottom as well in case my indecipherable, very fast Southeast London accent does uh, kind of befuddle you somewhat. So I was talking about philosophy and the philosophy behind video creation because, you know, I like to get this deep on an evening. You know, it's Sunday night here in, uh, very, in the very rainy north of England. So I do like to get into the philosophy. Now, I only started creating instructional material a few years back. Pre-pandemic, I was well ahead of the curve. You know, I was like, oh, this is a good way to get things to as many different people as possible. And so I started out thinking, okay, I'm going to make video instructions of lessons or different parts of the curriculum or whatever. And I thought this is going to be really, really easy. You know, all I'm going to do is just I'm going to film myself. I'm going to film myself doing my thing. And then I'm just going to put the video out there. Uh, and I was massively naive. <laughs> massively, massively naive. Uh, the reason being is that to create decent video content, uh, and I think um, this goes in any kind of content creation, um, it's tough. It takes thought, it takes effort. Some of these things are very preciously, uh, precious to teachers at the best of times. So um, because I stumbled 
uh, and kind of uh, just kind of made every single mistake when it comes to video production, when it comes to online sharing that you can probably possibly make as a teacher. I thought I'd share that knowledge or uh, lack of knowledge or kind of, you know, just share the terrible, terrible things that I did um, and I should have done. And so you can have maybe a little bit of a steer into a little bit of a more smooth transition if you are thinking of uh, creating videos for your classes, if you're thinking of creating instructional material for particular subjects and so on and so forth. I do highly recommend it. I have a history in film studies, A level in film studies. I think I'm about one of four people who have that. Um, and uh, I was just uh, mentioning that the video editing process has come on leaps and bounds since I were a wee nipper. No, oh, I remember when. I remember when everything was on VHS. And if you have tried to manipulate VHS, um, you know that it's not the most easy thing in the world. So I'm going to recommend, and the philosophy in this particular case when it comes to recommendations, I'm not necessarily going to recommend the most sophisticated technology because I think sometimes you have to consider the learning curve. If you are learning or trying to learn about a particular thing that you're not really familiar with, you want to start off with tools that are fairly self-explanatory, that are, have good instructional materials for themselves. Because there are some fantastic free options out there when it comes to video production. And I mean, like, really, really good. Um, uh, DaVinci Resolve is one of the ones that kind of, that kind of just uh, occurs to me, which is a massively, massively powerful video production, editing, and audio suite. However, the learning curve of something like that is very, very steep. It's very steep indeed, because what it means is that you have, you can do pretty much anything using that particular package, but it does take a little time to learn. If you can learn it, and uh, some people, including myself, kind of do it as a hobby, but if you can learn it, it's really, really, uh, it's really good. But teachers push for time, push for resources, pushed around in the corridors, you know, that kind of thing. So what we're going to do is the philosophy behind this particular show is we're not going to look at probably the best of the best. We're going to look at the uh, most easily accessible. Still good, but what I think was probably a little bit more of um, uh, a little bit more when it comes to ease of use. Uh, I think that's always important when it is when we're looking at this stuff the recommendations i'm going to make are pretty much online and i think are just about 100 percent free so um uh, if you want to check these things out please do uh, i'm not sponsored by anybody uh, once again that's a sad state of affairs because you know i like money you know but for some reason people don't want to chuck money at a strangely bearded fella sitting in his attic that can't get the feed started on time I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm a delight, really. <laughs> so um, what I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of technology that is easily accessible for teachers, not necessarily students in this case, but students ah, go ahead and, you know, use what you can. But teachers in this case, when it comes to things like video production. Um, so I'm not going to upload my Tom's Tech Tips uh, jingle 
because I've, I don't want to mess up now. I think I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm away. I'm out the gate, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to. So uh, we're going to go, da -da -da -da, Tom's tech tips. Right, first one is uh, a video creation tool. And I started off slightly mocking the whole kind of teacher TikTok, Instagram uh, phenomenon, as it were, uh, which is daft really, because for my, you know, for my money, um, well, I promised, I pro uh, the boy, my, my, my eldest is basically the reason for this particular, um, for this particular recommendation because uh, he's the one who pointed me uh, to this particular app. The app um, is called CapCut. Um, CapCut is a video editor. The reason that I'm including it as a recommendation in the show is okay, yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty much designed to be used uh, on mobile, and it's pretty much designed to be used for social media, for social media posts, TikTok, Instagram, uh, and the like. You know. However, after seeing my boy use this. I thought to myself, oh my days, this is really, really good. It's really accessible, it's easily used. I've switched recently because for my, for my many, many sins, I'm creating an online course at my place of work. Um, and it's, uh, as I said uh, at the top of the show, um, <laughs> video creation is really, really difficult. And I was using DaVinci Resolve, fantastic, also free, massively fully featured, incredibly sophisticated. But it was when it came to like the user interface, when it came to doing what I wanted to do in a pretty immediate fashion, it sometimes isn't the best choice. However, uh, I had a look, went to CapCut, had a look at my boy, look at the fantastic videos that he was creating, um, and then had a go at using that particular program to create an uh, online uh, or part of my online course. And it was wonderful. It's easy, it's straightforward, it doesn't offer you too many different things. But when it comes to online creation, when it comes to video creation, the things that it does offer are massively relevant. So for instance, the cut feature is really simple. The, um, the overlays and the transitions are very much social media kind of based, but very easy to include into your videos. You can very simply uh, upload your own video files, splice them together in what can be a very, very short space of time. We're back to that time thing again. I, I completely understand that many, many teachers out there are massively, massively short of time. So these tools, we're looking at the practical stuff, the kind of the meat and potatoes, the things that are going to just work straight away. Uh, benefits of this particular app. Uh, this video editor cap cup when it comes to uh, comes down to the nitty-gritty uh, it can be phone based but you can also download it for free on windows uh, without a watermark ladies and gents if you worry about that thing and i think people do you know yeah for better or for worse if you're sharing video content then you know you want that to reflect a certain amount of professionalism or a certain, but you want it to be the best it can possibly be, you know? Well, I do, um, aesthetically, as it were. But um, so having a watermark of something or other in the corner is a little bit off-putting. And of course, it can mean that uh, it's slightly distraction, distracting for the learner. 
uh, it could lead to um, difficulties as to, oh, sir, what's that thing in the corner that I tried to press on a thousand times that doesn't do anything, and so on and so forth. So being able to use something for free that doesn't have a watermark, watermark, if for those of you out there that don't know, watermark is like the name of a company that gets uh, stuck on your screen to let people know that you're using a particular tool. Um, a lack of a watermark uh, and still being able to use a particular tool for free, I think it's a, a, a real added bonus. There are other features that I think uh, mean it slots well into educational use. Um, as I say, it's robust, it's very accessible, it allows you to have certain templates so you don't have to spend too much time mucking about if you don't want to. Uh, you've got series of transitions where you can change from one thing to another really easily. You can slap text on with no problem whatsoever and you can highlight and zoom in at certain parts of the video. All of these things are the things that I found that I want from a video editor. Yes, I would love to spend time looking at the hue and uh, looking at kind of color balance and looking at wonderful effects and all that kind of stuff. But uh, as educators, sometimes you don't have time for that. What CapCut does is it allows you, because I think it is based in the world of um, uh, social media, it allows you to quickly and efficiently edit something. And I think that's very, very important. So that is my first recommendation. CapCut, uh, look it up, uh, you know, stick it in your browser. Um, really, really good tool. And thank you very much to the boy uh, for recommending it to me because uh, it's saved me a right load of time in my own video production endeavors. And um, considering it's, it's now on my like third month trying to create in this course, anything that cuts down the time is absolutely brilliant. You know, you just think, oh my God. Um, one, <laughs> one of the things that has happened is that I've, uh, I've um, discovered that I have an online video uh, production voice. Because I have to do, it's just me that does it. I don't have a team to create these online courses. It's just myself. And you end up doing everything, including doing kind of the voiceover instructions and so on and so forth. I don't put video in because I think video of myself, my own camera, could be quite distracting uh, to anybody, really. Horrifying, perhaps, you know, terrifying even. So I, so I leave a picture of myself out. Um, but I do try to have a very professional sounding uh, voiceover. And if I have to say, if I have to say, hi, my name's Tom Starkey, and I'm the assistive technology. If I have to say that kind of stuff, it drives me absolutely nuts. But you do. You know, you have to, you have to be very calm, very balanced when you're talking. Hi. You know, I mean, I'm from Southeast London originally, so, you know, it's not, you know, and, I, and I'm talking like, hello, my name's Tom Starkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so video production, uh, CapCut's my first recommendation. Really good tool for free. And you can use it on Windows. You can download it for free. And it's just simple, it's easy, and it's quick. And I think those three things are a real advantage when it comes to trying to put together a video that makes a modicum of sense, as it were. So that's my first recommendation. Uh, we're, doing re we're doing recommendations at the top of the show today. You know, let's mix things up a bit. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to just stick to stick to a format, please. Like I've ever had a format on this show. You know what I mean? Um, 
Uh, the only format is like getting 13 coffees down me beforehand and just like seeing where we go. So um, Capcut, I mentioned DaVinci Resolve. There are alternatives, of course. Um, there's a plethora of kind of screen capture, recording and editing software. Um, uh, but for my money, you know, mid, mid ground, ease of use, CapCut's absolutely great, really good, really good. Um, yeah, uh, there's, other ver there's other versions, some of them are freemium, some of them are paid for, some of them are also free. Um, Screencast-O-Matic, that fantastically well-monikered app, was one of my favorites previously. Uh, because of the editing features, the zoom in feature, like an easy way to zoom in and have an arrow um, to kind of highlight a certain point on your video. Um, it's so rare. It's so rare to find like an easy way of doing that. So yeah, um, uh, Screencast-O-Matic has a really nice kind of set of tools for that kind of thing, um, as does uh, CapCut. Don't limit yourself if you don't like these recommendations, please, you know, go further afield. If you've got your own recommendations, God, let me know. Seriously, I not just for kind of, you know, like audience participation purposes, but I'm all up for nicking somebody's idea. You know, I, I, I use this stuff on a day to day basis and it would be great if I find something really good as well. So as I say, um, hit the feed on Twitter at uh, T Starkey 1212 or of course Teacher Talk Radio. Um, I'm live on Podbean at the moment, so please be feel free to enter the chat and give us your own recommendations as well. Now, talked about video editing, uh, maybe a step too far, maybe a bit too quick, to be honest, because before you do the video editing, you have to do the actual video capture, don't you? Um, once again, oh, so many tools, so many tools out there. Um, but I'm gonna use the same kind of philosophy, I'm gonna use the same kind of itinerary um, and look for ease of use, kind of reliability, not a very steep learning curve to you, curb. Is it curve or curb? I never, yeah, it's got to be curve, hasn't it? Learning curb? Anyway, um, not as, you know, easy to use, reliable, perhaps not all bells and whistles, but gets the job done, as it were. Screen capture, you can do it natively if you're using Chrome. Um, it's, there's now a screen capture tool, uh, Xbox. Game recorder, you can capture your screen at home if you want to use that, but they're not really specific for education and you know they can be a bit clunky uh so um uh, in this case next recommendation is a very well used well known program called loom but if your screen capture technology doesn't have that particular facility this is what you do is you record what you want to record and then you upload it to youtube don't have to share it don't have to share it with anybody okay youtube has an auto auto caption creation function, has an auto subtitling function. You don't even have to do anything, you know? You just upload it and then eventually, it sometimes takes a little bit of time, but eventually it will create auto subtitles for you. Please, if you're doing that, you know, bless you, you know, bless you. But if you're doing that, check the auto subtitles afterwards. And that's a lot quicker than just doing it yourself all the way through. So yeah, that's, that's my assistive technology. Uh, that's my kind of day job uh, recommendation. If you are going to create learning videos, please try to cater for as many learners as possible and add subtitles. It's really, really important. And it's a really, really easy workflow now. So um, I guess uh, 
Yeah, Loom. Loom is a really good way of doing that. It also has auto subtitling. Let me think of other. Uh, give me, give me one second where I'm just going to go um to think of other places where there is auto subtitling facilities. Um, those of you that are into the Windows environment and have Office 365 and things like that, um, SharePoint now has auto captioning. You upload a video, it will caption it for you. Uh, YouTube mentioned YouTube, same thing. You upload a video, it will caption it for you. Check them, you know, check them. But at least it's a start. It's not a perfect world, but you know, at least that's a start. Uh, what else has uh, Loom has uh, captioning, uh, a captioning feature. Uh, there's lots that don't. There's lots that don't. So if you've got a, if you've got like a kind of if you're using a screen recording platform or a video platform and you're creating video, um, just have a check to see if it's got an auto captioning feature, an auto subtitling, because lots of them do. And if it doesn't, then just be aware that you might have to extend your workflow a little bit to make sure you do have subtitles. Because I know you're all good people out there. I know you're all uh, very, very concerned with accessibility and ensuring. Uh, equity and equality with your learners. So um, subtitling is very important. I know you're all going to do it if you're going to make these videos. So perhaps choose one that does the auto subtitling for you. Or if it doesn't, then um, choose uh, a way to get those subtitles onto that piece of video. Um, heareth endeth the lesseneth uh, when it comes to assistive technology. Um, Oh, and by the way, if you're unsure how to do that, or if you think my, if you're thinking about like the instructions that I'm giving you, and you're thinking, what on earth is he on about? Just hit me up, hit me up via Twitter. You know what? I might actually put up an instructional video, or somebody will have put up an instructional video of how to do that on YouTube. YouTube is your friend. You know, yeah, it's you know pretty evil multinational corporation as well, but it can also be extremely useful in regards to instructional videos. Oh, instructional videos about instructional videos, it's uh, that's very uh, Inception-like. Um, anyways, sorry, I'm getting getting off the point because I'm just talking about assistive technology rather than sticking to the very very bare bones script that I had for this particular session. So Loom, yeah, Loom's easy to use. Um, uh, I like if if I like the fact that if you do want to put your face in there, it has a a very aesthetically pleasing circle where people can stare at you and think, "Oh my God, what's the matter with that guy?" Um, but very easy, very simple to choose whether it's going to be a screen or your browser or whatever your uh, situation is when it comes to um, what you want to record. And then you can download the footage. You don't have to keep it on Loom. You don't have to do the social media bit that Loom has where you share it via Loom. Everyone's so obsessed about sharing things via their own platform. I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, I do get it. it, it you know, it means extra revenue for the companies. But, you know, who's going to, you know, you're not going to get a bunch of people on Loom just to look at your video. It's not going to happen. You know, you, you, you got to sign up to look at somebody's video. Nah, just download it and you can put it where you want. Um, but make sure you put subtitles on as well. So yeah, Loom's my next one because it's just easy. I've been using it for um, probably about the last six months. I like the user interface. I like the uh, ease of use. I like the fact that it really, it really sets out things like um, what, what camera are you using? Is it this one, this one, this one, this one? I need that kind of prompt. 
most of the videos that I create created like on an evening because I use my own equipment rather than stuff at work because it's better. <laughs> well, you know, what can, what can you do? So I'm I'm quite bleary eyed sometimes, and it's bas it basically set, it basically kind of sits me down and says, Tom, is this really the camera that you want to use? You know, Tom, is this really the audio source that you want to use? And I, you know, I appreciate that kind of hand holding on an evening. You know, I could probably do with a bit more of it trying to get these these podcasts started up, to be honest. But um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so Loom as a simple way for screen capture, um, really, really nice, really, really nice. Uh, just easy, not free though. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, freemium, free with limits. So there are actually, there are actual free, uh, uh, very good free um, screen capture recording technologies. Uh, however, Loom's personal preference in this case, but there is lo there are loads out there. So yeah, um, what steps we got? So we've got our video capture with Loom. We've got our editor with CapCut. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll have a think about it after the news, all right? Hi, I'm Charlie Burley, the Teacher's Health Coach, and I want to talk to you about the first ever health and wellbeing event for educators, Rewriting Wellbeing. It's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and well-being in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. There'll be talks, workshops and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etc Venues St Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Following the death of Queen Elizabeth II, the Department for Education has issued guidance for schools. The period of national mourning will continue until the state funeral, but the guidance makes it clear that schools should remain open during this time. Ofsted reports are paused, but inspections will go ahead. The update suggests that schools may want to consider conducting special activities, holding assemblies, or adapting lessons to commemorate the life of Her Majesty. Whilst no official date has yet been set for the state funeral, many media outlets are suggesting Monday, September the 19th as a possible date. There is also speculation around whether the state funeral proceedings would be classed as a public holiday something which would affect schools opening. Schools and other education settings across all four of the home nations have been involved in many events recognising the late Queen's 70 years of service to the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth, 
with many media outlets carrying details of how her passing has been acknowledged by young people across all areas. England's Secretary of State for Education, Kit Malthouse, acknowledged Her Majesty's devotion to public service. Northern Ireland's Michelle McKilveen referred to Her Majesty as a champion of education and an impeccable role model for children and young people, and someone who will be missed immeasurably. The last public appearance of the Queen was on Tuesday the 6th of September, when she appointed Liz Truss as Prime Minister. The new Prime Minister made Cabinet announcements, including the appointment of Kit Malthouse as Secretary of State for Education. Mr Malthouse replaces James Cleverley in a year that has seen many ministers take up and then leave the role. Mr Malthouse was first elected in 2015 and is the MP for North West Hampshire. His previous experience has been with the Home Office and the Ministry of Justice. He studied politics and economics at Newcastle University and is a qualified chartered accountant. Mr Malthouse is married and has three children. After a year of turmoil, Mr Malthouse is likely to need to promote stability as quickly as possible within his department, while also taking steps to address the school funding crisis and issues brought about by further concerns around the cost of living. This has been Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week, if you haven't already gone, it's time to return to school. So, what tech advice do I have for you? This episode is aimed more at teachers newer to the profession, but there may also be something for those with more experience here too. Here are my top tips for returning to or starting a new school. First up, put your name on your power lead especially if your school uses the same laptops for lots of teachers. It's so easy to leave your power lead behind and then find it's been taken by someone thinking it's theirs. When moving between rooms, always close your laptop lid and remove power leads and USB drives. This can be a pain, but impact on a USB drive sticking out while in transit can stop the port working. Same goes for a power port. Modern computers are incredibly tricky to fix if these ports are damaged, and therefore, that will be the end of your laptop. If you're using USB drives, start moving into the cloud. If your school hasn't already banned them, they will be considering it due to the increased risk of viruses posed by using them. Always start your information management system as soon as you arrive. This is the software you take your register on. Don't leave it until it's time to take the register. This software updates regularly and can sometimes take a while, especially after a break when technicians have had the time to maintain your school system. Finally, one of my favourite shortcuts. If you don't know this, feel free to let me know I've changed your life. If you organise your internet bookmarks into folders, you can right-click on the folder and select Open All. This will open all of the web pages you'll be using in a lesson, saving you time and also making sure everything is loaded and ready to go. If this has given you food for thought, I'd love to hear from you. As we return to work, why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022, follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods. And that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. I'd go a bit further, to be honest. I would say, don't just label it. Don't label, just don't, don't, don't just label your power lead for your laptop. Use some sort of trap, you know, some sort of, some, yeah, if, if somebody touches it, they should, like, a small electric shock. That, that that would do it. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe that I get to kind of drone on about technology for an hour and a half every now and again. And Steve just gets right to the point. How practical is that stuff? How practical? Yeah, USB. How many USB sticks have I with my big 
fat bottom have I absolutely totaled and also totaled the USB connection as well. Um, it's probably in double figures, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you for that, Sipa, and thank you for that. Um, any bets on how long this education secretary is going to last? No, no, I'm, I'm, minutes? Who knows? Who knows? It'll be, it'll be somebody else again uh, in, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, yeah, so anyway, back to recommendations. Now, this next one, you've created your video with Loom or another video creation tool. You have um, edited it. It looks edited yes edited it it looks beautiful using CapCut or something along those lines and you think to yourself this is great now um the, this yeah this this recommendation is a bit out of left field now i have um been looking at different hosting sites for video uh to try to see which one is the best for my particular needs um online course creation is a funny thing because it's not just about the videos it's about how you access the videos, how you can access the videos, how how is one of your students, whether they be a primary, secondary, FE, um, HE, all those other E's, how do the students get those videos and get them seen? Because I think that's probably as important, if not more important than actually the quality of the video itself, because you could come up with some Oscar winning material. You know, you could have people, you know, crying, crying in their seats at the cinema with with emotion uh, about you know your third video um on uh, of mice and men or whatever but if nobody watches it and nobody can actually get to it then it's all for naught isn't it you know so something else that you have to consider is the wider picture lots of schools lots of educational institutions have their own hosting services um so this is for this is for the rebels out there man this is for the this is for this is for the lone the lone heroes who have to create their own things and then find a platform for us it may not be something that's immediately obvious and it wasn't immediately obvious to me um when i was creating the courses because i was um i was directed towards a particular um hosting uh, platform and um after hours hours and hours and hours and hours uploading, creating, making sure everything is in the right place. I looked at it and I thought, they're not going to use this. The user interface is too complicated. The order's weird and they don't have any accessibility features built in. So I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to, I won't name this particular platform because I'm not about that. I'm all about the positives, me. Um, so, uh, you know, like, after about 60 hours worth of creation, I thought to myself, I can't put it on this platform. I'm not going to. I won't. You can't make me. Um, they could, but, you know, you have to, you have to argue the point. Uh, so I tried to have a look and see what else was out there when it comes to video creation and mixed media, because it's not just videos that I'm creating. I'm creating uh, links to go with those videos, supplementary material, you know, other texts and so on and so forth. Um, and I thought, well, where can I put this that means that it can be accessed by um, any device that you could possibly think of um, uh, on any platform, any operating system, and so on. And the best thing that I could come up with, and this, this was surprising to me, um, the best thing that I could
and thankfully it's um it's uh, something that my institution actually pays for so it's not just about um it's not just about kind of finding something out your own pocket in my case i'm lucky because it is and it's uh microsoft sway now microsoft sway is kind of like a uh a web create a website creator um you can upload lots of different material onto a microsoft sway and then it adapts that material for use on tablet for use on pc for use on mobile phone fairly automatically um, it also has some really good accessibility features there's an easy read version of the materials that can be accessed uh, along with um, so, uh, so along with uh, using uh, Loom for creation, using uh, CapCut for editing and also video creation in some, some, uh, in some cases, um, uh, also using YouTube to ensure that there's subtitles, um, it's important that you have a platform. Now, Sway is not really designed for um, kind of video courses. But for the needs of the students who I work with, it's a really, really nice way of putting all the videos that you want to in a sequence that's logical, uh, including supplementary materials, including links to documents, including documents themselves. Excuse me, including um, you can use stack cards that give people kind of information that's really easy to access. You press on the card, you can read it. You press on another card, you can read it. You can relate that to the videos that you've created. You can also, um, you can also kind of, uh, you can add quizzes as well using uh, MS Forms, Office 365 Forms, the Forms function that Microsoft gives you that I also get to use for free. And in my opinion, although it's not necessarily designed for online course creation or video hosting. It's really good at it. You know, it's really good at it. It, it means that you can, you can upload video, you can have resources surrounding the video in a logical sequence. You can split parts up into different chapters. You can split those chapters into different resources and you can direct students to different parts of the web. So for instance, if I did a video about, um, let me give you an actual real world example. I used, um, I did a video about uh, the assistive technology that's available in my institution because we're very concerned about awareness of some of the assistive technology that is free to use for students and the uptake isn't as good as perhaps it should be. So I created an online course that explained and highlighted this technology. So um, around about 15 videos with instructional material on those videos and links on how to download and get this uh, these um, particular products and it looks really good. I'm not, you know, I'm not blowing it. Well, yeah, I am blowing my own trumpet a little bit, uh, but it looks good and it's logically sequenced. You can use immersive reader as well within Sway. Immersive reader is a readability app uh, designed for students uh, with cognitive functional issues and dyslexia. And just having those different options and having it all in one place where you can just send somebody uh, the link uh, and you know, you make sure that everybody can access it. You send somebody the link or you can convert to a QR code, send it that way. And then boom, it's there and it looks all right. You know, it looks pretty good. And having it being able to be accessed on lots of different um, 
devices without kind of doing that you know like the the pinch shuffle that you have to do a mobile phone sometimes to try and read everything that's on the page um it auto kind of auto formats to a uh, a phone type readability uh, it auto formats to tablets it auto formats to um, pcs and it's just a really really good accessible easy way of collating the information and getting those videos that you have spent so much time making onto an accessible platform now the, like i said this one this recommendation is a lot out of left field because uh, i don't think i've seen sway being used uh, in this particular way before but if your if your school your you know your institution your university your college if it doesn't have a particular uh, platform for doing it highly recommend microsoft sway really 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 good really good um because where you put something is probably you know it's it's important it you know you don't you don't bake a delicious cake and then put it in a locked cage unless you're me and you don't want your kids to get it you know cage cake that's that's it's a good idea but for the metaphor for the metaphor what we're talking about is that we do not there's no point making all this time making all these things making videos that are logical that have good production values or are just really good uh, anyway production values we'll talk a little bit about that later on but then putting it somewhere that's inaccessible for students or uh, perhaps visually unimpleasing, perhaps just a bit clunky how many vles out there that schools use are just a little bit on the clunky side and you think where's the thing that sir said that i need to where is oh no is it i'll press this button is it in this folder it's oh um you know google classroom you know and uh, teams education um really really good really good really fully featured but if you're going to create something that you want to be shared in the widest uh, in the widest way possible yeah sway is a really good one if you haven't heard about sway before uh, look it up because it's um it's not just about you know course creation you can do loads with it if you want to give students um uh, a wealth of information about a particular topic uh, without uh, you know, without a Word document with a bunch of links on it and so on and so forth. Sway is the way to go. Uh, I like the accessibility features as well. For me, that's always, always a good thing. So that uh, those are my three tech tips for today. Those are my three products that you can check out today. So we've got uh, CapCut uh, as your video editor. We've got Loom as your screen recorder and Sway as somewhere to put this stuff once it's been uh, created. Um, that's the technology itself. But let's talk a little bit about some of the things that may help you if you are planning or if you've been tasked with creating uh, video, uh, learning videos, learning instru instructional videos, digital online learning instructional video type things. I, I don't really know what the current terminology is. Online learning, I, it doesn't really matter. Videos, what people watch and they learn from. That's what we're talking about. So um, we'll talk about a little bit about some of the other things. Now, I started the first version of the show. I've started like three times today, so apologies if, you, if you've missed it. But I um, um, started talking about my own experience when it comes to creating learning material.
materials via video and me making the assumption that it's easy um that it's an easy and quick way of getting information out there now it's not you know um it's not making a video that is um easy to follow that uh slots into the curriculum that already exists that um is engaging uh for want of a better term um it takes effort it takes effort so if you're gonna start creating videos you've got to keep in mind that it is actually going to be um uh, quite an endeavor so with anything that will take a lot of uh, uh a lot of time and a lot of um effort the planning stage is incredibly important um, and we're talking about wider planning about the subjects that you want to include in your videos, you know, um, how they're going to follow on from each other, even down to the minutiae, like, okay, I need to make 12 videos about, uh, 12 videos about um, literature. Uh, so speaking as a former English teacher, I do love that literature and them words and that. Uh, if you're going to do that, then you're going to have to plan and i'm i'm not going to give any tech tips about planning because you know i'm not the best in the world but i do most of my stuff on a whiteboard and uh like not just not like a whiteboard that's on the wall i've got like this little notebook that's just a bunch of little uh whiteboard uh squares and i do most of my planning on there things like okay so uh, a series of videos are going to have the same sort of format let me just create a little quick um, uh, a little quick list of what needs to appear in each video and then what I'll do instead of starting from scratch every time I'll create a template on something like CapCut and then add the new bits in thereby saving me a fair amount of time of effort um, if I'm going to start if I have a budget for this I'm going to do a little bit of planning about making sure that the equipment that I'm using is up to scratch uh, there is nothing worse than listening to uh, an online video or watching an online video where the sound quality isn't as good as it could be. Now, this might be ironic because I don't have any headphones, so I don't know what the sound quality of this particular microphone is like. I'm using a USB microphone that I got off Amazon for about a tenner because I'm fairly skint most of the time. Um, but doing some planning about, you know, what equipment am I going to use? Am I, I'm going to have I'm going to have a microphone. Um, oh, here's a little insider tip, ladies and gentlemen. Sound quality is probably better. Sound quality is probably more important than um, picture quality. Please, you know, don't 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 use an old camcorder to to, to record a screen. But um, sound quality, when it comes to instructional videos, massively important because you have to be able to hear what is being said without a background screech or um, whether, you know, uh, in my case, which is often the case, my cat or my children come into the room and ask me random questions about stuff that I know not. Uh, equipment's important. Planning is important. Planning your kind of video curriculum, as it were. Planning the equipment that you're going to use. Don't let it stop you if you don't have access to, like, the most like super bells and whistles super kind of like you know broadcast quality equipment that doesn't really matter but ensure that the microphone that you're using is clear um if you're gonna if you're gonna put yourself in the video make sure that your webcam 
is easy to use. Make sure that the quality of the picture is decent. Um, lots of people, uh, you know, then take it a bit further when we go into kind of like that YouTuber territory. I'm I'm one for it because I love all that stuff. I love video production. So I, um, I've got uh, a I've got a ring light in front of me. I've got kind of a background behind me, but the fundamentals are important and planning is important. So what is a video going to be about? What's going to be your um, what are the aims of this particular piece of learning material? Because I think sometimes people are just a bit dazzled with the kind of like, oh, it's like TV. And it's like, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's online. You can see it. You can. One of the great things about uh, video learning materials, online learning materials, is that they can be accessed just about anywhere and at any time if you've got a decent platform. Um, and that's really important. But people get dazzled with things like production values. People get dazzled with things like, um, you know, ah, oh, people get a little bit uh, nervous about speaking. As you may or may not be able to tell, I am not one of those people who are, who is nervous about speaking. I could I could I, I could chew somebody's ear off about a subject uh, that I've learned two minutes beforehand. Um, in fact, that's basically my teaching career. Uh, but anyway, equipment. Plan your equipment. Plan your curriculum plan for your aims it's a simple video is no different to uh, being in front of a classroom what do you want the people to learn that are in front of you but instead of them being physically in front of you they're just in front of a screen what's the point um so yeah planning is really really important i i didn't do very well when it comes to my own video production when it comes to planning because i didn't check the platform as much as i should have done um, I, I was so busy kind of making the videos that I was that I didn't really consider where I was going to put them, and therefore uh, it turned out that the place that I had chosen wasn't the best. So those type of things, not just thinking about who's going to, you know, what equipment you're going to use, uh, but please do, but also in the long run. Ensure that your videos, like I said, can be kind of chop and changed really easily. We know that the curriculum is not going to stay the same for any amount of time. We know that certain things will change. We know that you might want to add particular parts. So have a template of your videos. Stick to a format, unlike this show. Stick to a format, have a template so that you can easily uh, interchange sections without having to start the whole thing from scratch because that is absolute, absolute, an absolute pain in all of the regions. So have a template and create the template. So instead of uh, just making a new video every single time, you've got a basis for what you work on. So have an introduction, uh, even have a generic introduction for um, anything that you can really get hold of. Um, make sure that you uh, understand that that introduction is gonna be there all the time and it's easy to kind of change the titles all these different things, just kind of plan to make your life easier if it, when it comes to video creation, when it comes to online content creation. Plan to make your life easier because it's not just about the creation itself, it's about thinking beforehand, how is it gonna be the best that it can possibly be? So um, what we're gonna be thinking about as well as the technology that you're using, as well as the plan that you're gonna have, as well as all these different things, is we're going to be create uh, we're going to be thinking about oh excuse me uh, I'm just going to take a little sip of water here just one second 
Um, we're going to be thinking about all these different things, thinking about all the, the ways that we can ensure that um, what we're doing is of a good standard. Now, I talked a little bit and I made a little bit of a joke about when it comes to voice. Um, people, you know, people forget about the voice thing when it comes to video creation. Um, it is really, really important. You know, people, people forget about voice when it comes to face-to-face -face, uh, learning. You know, it's, uh, it's really important to have something um, that can be easily heard. Now, one of the things that I have a terrible habit of doing, like a really super terrible habit of doing, is that I tend to talk um, really, really fast like super fast. Uh, some of it's nervous energy. Some of it is um, I'm afraid that if I don't stop talking, people will disengage with whatever it is that I'm going to say. And some of it is just simply being able to uh, try and fit in as much of the content of whatever it is that I am teaching or whatever it is that I am trying to get people to take on board. It's about whatever it is that I am trying to do. Um, but what, to be honest, I tend to talk at about 1.5 speed. And it's not the best in the world when it comes to things like. So yeah, when it, uh, when it comes to the planning of uh, digital creation, the planning of making sure that what you are recording and the video that you're making is gonna be understood by the most people. People forget about voice. People forget about the way that you talk, which is really, really important. It has to be the case that you speak clearly and slowly, uh, not like me, not going 50 to the dozen, not trying to pack in as much content as you possibly can. And when it comes to that kind of packing, you also have to think about how do we ensure that, that a video isn't overroaring for a student. So when it comes to timing, when it comes to things like how long do these videos have to be? Um, I don't know about kind of educational research because I think to myself, well, you know, what's, what's going on there? However, what I do think is that when it comes to video, short snippets is better than long lectures. Now, that's not to say that just putting your camera in front of a classroom and just doing what you do normally isn't a completely valid thing. However, it does mean that when it comes to having someone sat in front of a computer, they're not perhaps going to be doing it for hours at a time. And you wouldn't, would you, really? So even if you do have a long video and you want to get through a lot of information, you want to get every single point across that you possibly can, then what you do need to do is you do need to split up the video. Don't have to do it kind of as you're recording, of course. What you can do is you just make sure that you have snippets of information. Now, it doesn't even have to be planned snippets. I'm not talking about the dreaded kind of, you know, 16, <laughs> 16 activities in one session. Otherwise, you're just not being engaging enough. But when it comes to the video production side of things, ensure that your video is perhaps broken up into smaller chunks than having an hour and a half session. Uh, if you do have kind of like easily signposted material within the video, uh, use, you know, use bookmarks, use flags to show people what is happening at what part of the video, rather than just having a long 
sometimes quite arduous uh, learning experience because, you know, you want to get as much information as possible. You want to put it across. But, you know, when it comes to video, yeah, classrooms, you're in there for an hour usually, around about 50 minutes sometimes. Uh, and, you know, you can do these things with an audience that will keep the students engaged. You know, you can ask questions and so forth. Not necessarily the case with video. So shorten the parts of the video that you're making. And if you're still having a long video, just kind of make sure it has chapters, you know, because then first off, it means that, you know, you can take on board information in a slightly easier fashion. I have found, once again, no research backing me up there. This is just like personal. Um, uh, but also means that you can highlight parts, perhaps important parts of what you are saying to students, and then students can revise particular sections of uh, a learning material, which is really, really important. You know, I mean, video is a fantastic thing when it comes to con consolidation of learning. You know, it's great to have information there that you can review, but it's really difficult to review an hour where you think to yourself, oh God, where is that bit? Where is that bit that when Sir says this, or where's that bit when Miss talks about that particular thing? And so, you know, making sure that you've got a way to kind of split the video into chapters or split the video into different parts is really, really important. I'm not, of course, against things like the lecture. Uh, I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh no, we, we can't have people sat in front of somebody whilst they talk for an hour. Yeah, you can especially if they know what they're talking about, why wouldn't you? But when it comes to video, it's a slightly different process. It's a slightly different environment. Um, also, if you've got a video that lasts an hour, hour or, so, or something, you know, there's things to consider like eye strain when it comes to using the screen. So another tip when it comes to planning, plan to chop up your video into manageable chunks. Oh my God, have we got, oh, am I, am I, oh, am I recommending chunking? Uh, do you remember anybody out there remember chunking? Oh, we had to, oh, for like, it seemed like for like f five years, you had to make sure that every single thing was chunked. Like, oh, how big do the chunks have to be? Are we talking, are we talking small morsels? Are we talking like massive pizza slices of information? But what, the point I'm trying to make is that learning from a video isn't the same as learning from somebody who is in front of you. Uh, videos can be engaging, but I do think that when it comes to face-to-face -face learning, having someone in front of you is more engaging. So when it comes to your video production, when it comes to online learning, when it comes to the things that you have created, if they're long, just find a way just to split them up a little bit. That could be by identifying chapters within the video. It could be by flagging important information. It doesn't have to be done on your end when it comes to the editing process, but just make sure that perhaps if you're using a platform, that you can highlight particularly important information. Give 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 people give people a heads up. You know, you know, like when you're in the classroom, you're doing a revision session. You're like, this is important. Shut up. Listen. You'll need to know this. Just do the same thing in your videos. Don't actually say shut up in your videos because that's really inappropriate. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just pe give people uh, highlight what's going to be important. Uh, if you don't want to tell people what's going to be important because you think that that's going to hinder the learning process, just Give chapters, and so that a student can try and figure out for themselves what's the important part, but they're not spending forever trying to find it, as it were. So that, so we've talked about the technology itself. We've talked about 
the uh, kind of philosophy about creation. We've talked about the ways that you can perhaps ensure that the videos that you're making are of a decent quality, whether that be through production values and the equipment that you make, or whether that be through uh, the way that you speak. Um, can't believe I'm talking, telling people to slow down. It's such, it's such hypocrisy. <laughs> it's such hypocrisy here, <laughs> here in the attic in the north. Um, but it's true. Voice is very important, um, and people think about video and they think about it's visual. It's a visual medium, not necessarily. Voice is really important. Make sure that you are clear. Make sure that you are slow. Make sure that it's easy to understand. Um, what else I want to talk about is I want to talk about kind of nerves. People are really hesitant about being on camera or working with something that will be recorded. And I can understand why. Nobody wants to look like a fool, you know? Nobody wants to, although I've done a pretty good, I've done a pretty good, uh, good representation of it today, stopping and starting uh, this particular podcast. But nobody wants to look like a fool. Nobody wants to... Uh, people have real issues when it comes to things like hearing yourself or um, or looking at yourself in some cases. You know, it's a reflection of the person that you are or the person that you project. Um, but you know what? I think that kind of self-reflection is important, whether it's video or whether you're in front of the classroom. And ha having to look at yourself and look at your practices, looking at your voice, looking at your voice, hearing your voice, um, and thinking about the ways that you can come across to people in a better fashion is, you know, it's part of parcel of teaching, isn't it? Um, so, so yeah, there is a kind of embarrassment, a kind of oh, uh, cringe factor when it comes to creating your own content for video, uh, your own video content uh, for online content. Um, but I do think that sometimes you have to put that aside, as it were, and just think about the content in itself and think about the way that this will engage the students uh, or reach a wider audience than perhaps you being in front of uh, a group of children or adults in a classroom setting uh, would do. Um, and also, you don't sound like you do uh, on, vid on video. You don't. You really don't. I mean, like I said uh, earlier on, in the in the in the Sunday Late Show, uh, zero point one or zero point two, I can't remember what else. I think we're on zero point five at the moment. Um, but like I said at the beginning, um, I put on I do put on a voice. Uh, hi, my name's Tom Starkey. You know, calm, collective. You know, welcoming. But I don't sound like that in real life. I sound like a right mug in real life. Sound like sound like I'd be, I should be selling something out of my coat. You know, but. Um, it does mean that you have to kind of appraise yourself when it comes to video creation, uh, not just yourself, uh, the kind of the resources that you use, the way that you speak. The and and people don't like looking at themselves. I know, I know. Pe I'm I'm the same. I'm the same. It's one of the reasons that I don't use a webcam in my content creation when it comes to video uh, materials is that I don't want to sit there and look at myself. Because um, uh, you know, I don't, it, it doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't fascinate me. And also, I'm not that interested in looking. You know what I mean? I think if you're really interesting, um, you might you might get away with it. But I'm not that that interested, especially when I'm uh, 
uh, especially when I'm on video, I don't know where to look. You know what I mean? Do I look straight at the camera? Is it creepy that I'm looking straight at the camera? Do I have to, should I be looking at my left side? Should be look, should, which side of my face means that I look like I don't have an absolutely massive nose? Because I do. You know, these kind of things. Yeah, I feel, I, 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 share, I share people's concern about being self-conscious when it comes to recording materials. However, I do think that a decent uh, online video resource is invaluable uh, for all students. But once again, going back to the day job, um, good video content means that students with disabilities, students who are unable to attend physically, students who need to consolidate their learning through repetition, um, it gives them a chance to do that. So don't worry about you know, don't worry about your voice. You know, if you're squeaky, you're squeaky. If you're low, you're low. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it's about trying to make the best learning experience for your learners that you possibly can. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, what you look like doesn't matter. If you, if you think, oh, I don't like to look at myself on camera, turn your camera off. If you think to yourself, oh, my voice seems really uh, odd, well, yeah, probably is. Who cares? You know, you're doing the job, making making sure that people learn. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whatsoever. Although you can get kind of AI voice, um, uh, you know, uh, text to speech AI voices. Um, if you want to type out what you want to say and then have somebody else say it for you. But I don't know. I never. I've never got. I think to myself, oh man, that's. When I hear an AI voice, the first thing that I think of is, damn, that's an AI voice. You know, I don't think we're that, at that we're not at the point yet that it's, it's, it's a massively kind of natural experience. But you know, if you don't want to listen to your own voice, you can do that. Um, video creation is just another way of uh, disseminating information. Same as, it's not the same as working in the classroom, but it's in the same ballpark. Don't worry about what you sound like, don't worry about how you present, uh, you know, just just get it get it done, get get the recording done. Um, also, uh, in regards to video creation, um, sometimes it will be massively frustrating. Sometimes you think, oh, you know, I'll just zap off a ten minute video, uh, telling students how to get to a particular place, and you will not be able to speak in a sentence for love nor money. You will <laughs> you will you will start a thousand times when you're recording something. Uh, scripting helps sometimes. Um, I don't often use a script myself because uh, the scripting process itself is quite long, so I don't really have the time. But you know, if, you, if, you, if you're nervous, you have a script in front of you. But you will make mistakes. You will make mistakes. You'll make mistakes in the creation side of it. You'll, you'll accidentally lose really good material. You'll end up forgetting to turn your microphone on. You'll end up, your, your webcam will fall off uh, its plinth uh, halfway through a video. Or if you're online on a podcast, um, for some reason it will stop working three times in a row, you know? These things happen, these things happen, and sometimes they are massively frustrating. Sometimes they can be hugely time consuming. Um, but the good thing about video is that you can scrub your mistakes. You know, your trousers split in a classroom, that's, that's forever, you know. They'll be talking about that generations down the line. You know, do you remember when Mr. Starkey went over oh, there? Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. The, the embarrassing moments I've had in my classroom 
are indelibly kind of written onto the minds and psyche of the students that I've taught to be shared with uh, other people, uh, time and more. But on a video, if you make a mistake, you can edit out and start again. You know, that's the good thing. That is the good thing. Um, so, um, as a summation of some of the things that we have been doing and looking at today, when it comes to equipment, <coughs> excuse me, when it comes to equipment, CapCut is really good uh, for video editing. When it comes to uh, screen recording, Loom is my favorite. It might not be the best, but for my uh, purposes, it's not bad at all. Um, when it comes to, uh, excuse me, when it comes to placing video, uh, have a look at Sway. Have a look, see what you think. I mean, it might come, you know, I mean, this this is one that's really, really out of left field. So I'm uh, I'm quite interested to see what you think. And if uh, if you're thinking about doing it, great. And if you and if things are making you hesitant, don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. You can you can literally you can literally erase your mistakes from existence. It's the great thing about video production. Um, in my videos, I look like super professional. You know. It's like, oh my goodness me, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Nah, I'm just good at editing, you know? <laughs> and that's, I think that's one, of the, uh, that's one of the things that it has a advantage over classroom. If you do make a mistake, if you walk into a door, if you accidentally pull out uh, a cable that should be somewhere else, if you mash up a USB because of your big bum, that stuff's there, there's no getting rid of that. But if you make a mistake on video, if you uh, accidentally, if you accidentally fluff your lines a thousand times, doesn't matter, a thousand and one times, you're going to get it right and it's going to look really, really good. And I, I, that's what I like. I like, I, like, I like things that look effective and make me look really, really smart because they don't happen that often. So, um, yeah, uh, there are other technologies. Please don't, don't, just, uh, don't just think to yourself, oh, I'll have a look at this cap cut thing. And then you have a go at it and it's like, oh, God, this is rubbish. Um, don't uh, don't worry about that. Uh, there are loads and loads of alternatives out there in regards to video creation, in regards to editing software, in regards to video platforms that you can place the things that you have uh, created. Um, loads of different options. So if something doesn't work for you, just try something else. Um, and if you want any recommendations, hit me up. You know, it's what I do for my job, and I'm more than happy to give people a little bit of advice as to what is happening um, in the world of video creation. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a tip to let you finish on, um, you know, something that's going to kind of rock your world when it comes to a tip that will make video creation easier for you. Because like I said, it's not really an easy process. Um, not really an easy process. So, and then anybody telling you that it is, um, I'm probably trying to sell you a screen read, probably trying to sell you a screen recorder, probably trying to sell you an editing uh, thing. It's not an easy process. However, there are things that you can do. Templates, as I mentioned before, have a template. If you think you're going to make a series of videos, have a template ready so you're not starting from scratch. Um, have your equipment, check your equipment. <laughs> this is so basic. But this is, these are mistakes that I make on a very regular basis. Check your equipment before you start. Ensure your sound is going in the right place and ensure that your video is coming out of the right camera, that kind of thing. Because you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to do a video. You don't want to like do a, an hour lecture, an hour's lecture 
and then you check your you check your feed and you've not recorded it you know these things you know uh, video production when it comes to learning is kind of a handshake between the teaching side of things and the technological side of things and in both those cases things can go wrong so just check through the things before you start have a little have a little checklist is that on is this is this working and so on and so forth um, just so that you save yourself some time and some heartache if things uh, uh, do not go your way. Um, uh, if I was going to do a course, if I was going to start doing videos afresh, if you can rope other people into helping you, that's a really good idea. One, uh, a one-person team, when it comes to video creation, can be a right burden. So if you have a group of people, and if you have a group of people, if you de delegate different roles, if somebody likes doing the editing, let them do the editing. Somebody likes being in front of the camera, let them do that. And just make it a kind of partnership rather than do what I have to do um, uh, and just do everything yourself. Because, you know, there's many different facets when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, you've got scripting, you've got, you know, over curriculum overview, you've got um, ensuring the equipment works. You've got sourcing the software. You've got all this different stuff. And, it, and, you know, doing it on your own, it's a fairly big ask. It's a fairly big ask. So if you can rope other people into it, uh, your colleagues, uh, think to yourself, okay, well, you know, give us a hand, you know. Um, the good thing about video creation is unlike most teaching when it comes to face-to-face -to -face teaching, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, an isolating one uh, one person in the room experience doesn't have to be you can get lots of different people and get lots of different input and that's really good when it comes to this kind of thing because uh you know you got lots of people doing all sorts of different things it takes a lot less time and you're not like me sitting at three o'clock in the morning trying to make sure that the, the the text that i was using for this particular video is the same text that i was using in the video that i made like three months ago nobody wants that i don't want that so you know get get somebody in to help you out it's really it's a really really good idea and i think that's pretty much it for the show um i'm not sure how this is going to go when it comes to uh where to publish and so on and so forth because we've had a couple of breaks in the feed uh so apologies for that if you've been listening in, thank you very much for listening in Hopefully, we can come up with some editing magic appropriately enough when it comes to the audio and splice everything together. But we'll see how it goes. Um, I might see if I if, if I can do it myself. <laughs> Having said all that, I said, oh, I'll see if I can do it myself. It's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Um, and so, thank you very much for listening, and thank you very much for putting up with me yammering on. Um, if this was a video, I'd get to editing it and making me sound really professional uh straight away and then uh, we would go from there but yeah much appreciated thanks for the feedback um if you do want any hints and tips about video production uh learning materials and so on and so forth please uh give us a shout on twitter always always a joy to talk to people about this kind of things and speaking of which i will be doing that at a later point um have a very good evening You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.